Welcome to RevAmp, the revenue amplification podcast powered by DealHub.io. I'm your host, Gideon Thomas, and we will be speaking to some of the most exciting revenue leaders within the community. Alan, welcome to the RevAmp podcast show. We are absolutely delighted to have you on board here today. And for those who don't already know you, um, please just maybe share a little bit about yourself, your your uh, your role, and a little bit more about your company. Yeah, sounds great, Gideon. Thank you for having me. Super excited to be here and talk about revenue operations. So I'm Alan Wright. I work for Rocket Chat. I'm the VP of Strategy and Operations. Rocket Chat is a digital um, open source collaboration platform where we're focused on data privacy and security. So we have some of the you know, most regulated, most heavily focused industries around security and data protection, such as U.S. Navy, Credit Suisse, uh, Deutsche Bahn, the big railway networks in Germany. So we're a global company. Um, we're growing. We just closed our Series A funding round. And now we're looking to, you know, like mature some of our sales motions, some of our product market fit and, and grow internationally. And me personally, my background. So I've spent five years in management consulting. And then after that, I spent about eight years in sales strategy, sales management and operations. First with Blackboard, working in their international group, Blackboard being an ed tech company. And then afterwards at RB Media, which is one of the world's largest audiobook publishers and digital distribution platform. So I worked on their uh, sales channel there. So I think what's interesting about your your background to your foreground is you've learned, you've worked at larger orgs, uh, more evolved processes, probably obviously more resources. Uh, and now you're in what could be described as a, a younger startup in earlier stages. So you build more of the end goal of what good could look like. Um, but I think when we were, our backstory when we were discussing was that there isn't a one size fits all kind of uh, sales process. You can't just say that it, because this is what worked before, this is what will work here. So how do you personally, uh, Alan, define and shape uh, a sales process that meets your go-to-market requirements? What are the key characteristics there that you identify? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great context, Gideon. So for me, one of the core responsibilities I had when I started in January here at Rocket Chat was trying to build and establish a more rigorous, formal sales methodology and a revenue forecasting process. But I knew that I couldn't just take exactly the template that I had before and apply it plug and play. So the first thing that I need to understand is, okay, what is the definition of the sales methodology that we use as a company at Rocket Chat? What is the industry, our uh, core competitive differentiators? And then what is the like type of sales process that we had, right? Is it a more consultative sales process? which is true for us, mm -hmm. and then try and fit within that context, what are the things that we need to put in place to be able to have more predictability, reliability, and um, future-oriented view of our revenue? And so the first foundations for it, this is kind of like the, the first principles first approach, is to be able to understand and establish the, the sales methodology. And so for us, I like to apply something that is simple but effective you know there's there's a ton of different methodologies out there and you you can't really go wrong as long as you have a solid foundation if it's your company if it's your industry and your sales motion and you're thorough and and really um diligent in how you apply it right for us we used spiced 
as the sales methodology, as the underlying basis for how we, you know, qualify and progress deals through the pipeline. And Alan, we, you know, yeah. you know, I'm going to ask the question, but but what's spiced? Tell me, tell me about ah, that. Okay, yeah, spiced. Okay, so it's a five-letter acronym, but it's really important because it helps you establish first the situation that the customer is in, mm -hmm. the pain that they feel. The impact associated with, okay, if you have a technology, you're trying to solve a problem for them. What is the impact, the benefit that your solution is going to bring? Then C can be a few different things, but we use it in uh, like a compelling event sort of context where you're talking about, okay, why would this customer make a decision now to buy your product and implement your solution, right? right? Is that, what is that compelling event or that critical event that forces that decision? And D is the decision process too. So like the decision framework. So how that can be the sort of like buying process or depending on the, the type of sales motion that you have for us, it's more of like a product led growth, a PLG strategy, which means that oftentimes you're dealing with one buyer and not necessarily a huge committee, but you still need to map, okay, how are they going to get budget? to buy your product to be able to move forward. So Spiced helps you map that out. Mm -hmm. And one of my practical tips for our sales reps in, in applying the methodology, yes, it makes sense. And, and it would be ideal if you followed that curve S-P-I-C-E-D in like a linear fashion, but that's rare in the sales world, right? So depending, you kind of meet your customer where they are, but it's super important to be able to, you know, qualify a deal, make it a real opportunity that you could progress and potentially win to really establish the pain and the impact in the beginning. And the, the conversation that we're having here, Gideon, is one of the foundational reasons and why this is the first step, at least for me, in applying a formal like sales methodology that is tied to a more rigorous forecasting process. It's because you need to be able to establish this and you need to understand how you win, why you win and why you lose so that you can iterate and improve on that um, and then drive the things like better win rates, faster sales cycle, higher ticket values, you know, the sort of things that really drive revenue. Mm -hmm. And what I was, because, you know, you, you implemented this methodology, how much time did you have to really choose the right methodology? Like I imagine when you're in a relatively young startup, time is not always on your side. There's probably different processes that you could adopt. You don't know in advance which one will be the perfect fit for you or the or even a good fit for you, maybe. How do you reconcile the need to iterate processes with the needs to make an impact sooner rather than later? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and I think any leader who steps into an organization with a clear mandate on something that you need to do, it's really important to think about quick wins. Like what can you do that you can quickly contribute value and make improvements to the business right away. Um, and then balance that with, you know, either like the complexity, the depth of the, the um, methodology or problem that you're trying to solve. And for us in this context, it took about two months, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, the first two months was, were really spent meeting people, understanding the business, understanding how our processes worked, how they didn't work, what the biggest pain points were, and trying to understand, okay, you know, without me here, what what is the natural sales cadence, sales motion, sales process and methodology that the team is currently using? Mm -hmm. And then based on that context, try and take what we see as best practices that are applicable to our consultative B2B SaaS sales motions that can 
impact um, our, the business and our revenue opportunities as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And we'll have quick adoption and adherence from the sales, right? So like, it's great. You can pick the best methodology and then try and implement something that doesn't work. And it's almost like organ rejection, right? Like if people aren't going to do it, it doesn't matter how good it is, right? And so you got to be able to fit with the, the culture and the context of the organization. So those two months were spent really like assessing um, those key issues. And then the third month was doing a pilot of essentially saying, okay, here's the methodology. We chose Spice. We have to explain why we have to explain what the benefit is what the impact is and then you work through different sales leaders and different sales reps you know people who are really key to adoption and success of of implementing that program to get them to buy in right and be involved in contributing to it and influencing it and so we spent roughly about a month um in that pilot period getting that feedback and then in april of that year so like basically month four is when we formally rolled it out so in month in month one month one and two, your process for basically doing an internal evaluation was mostly conversation driven, or did you go with baseline uh, data points? I'm actually just going a level deeper now into your personal leadership yeah. style as to whether it was both one or the other. Because I know sometimes when you have conversations, they tell you a different story than than the data in an Excel spreadsheet, right? When people talk about experiences, or maybe when you step outside of the sales team into legal, whatever your version of legal ops would be or, or, or various other uh, departments. So yeah, how did, you, how did you get a good baseline? For me, there's essentially like three key pillars that define how you do that. The first one, conversations are super important. You want to be able to engage people from their experience and extract the sort of like insights that can inform decisions like which sales methodology and program to select. Um, so that's key, but that's not the only thing. If you base it all off of that, I think you would your your chances of success would be rather limited. The other two that I pretty much universally apply to whatever I do, and I think this is especially for revenue operations is super relevant, is one analyzing data. So taking the historical data, trying to understand, okay, by segment, by industry, by geos, what are you know the the critical factors that you look at from sales performance and sales productivity being, you know, average ticket values, deal size, uh, cycle time, right? How much time the the deals are going through, where they get stuck in the different stages of the sales process that you have. And then the overall, um, you know, win rate and close rates that you have. And, and, and you can apply conversions in different places. So taking data and actually analyzing the historical patterns are super important. And I would say, the excuse that some people have in like a startup world is like, oh, our historical data isn't good, so it's not worthwhile to do it. We we here at Rocket Chat had some similar sort of experiences, but even six, nine, 12 months of data is sufficient to be able to give you some direction. Mm-hmm. It may not be perfect to give you pure clarity and insights on what the decision should be, but that's super important. So that's item number two. Item number three is external benchmarking. Right. So do some market research, see what are the sort of best practices, methodologies that apply and try and see what is most transferable and applicable to your industry company context. Right. And so I combine all of those three factors and helping to inform the sort of decision that we would go with. And previously, I had only used Spice in one of my prior companies like Blackboard is a little bit more old school and we used Band, right? Budget, authority, yeah. need, timing, the, the traditional kind of solution selling yeah. methodology. And I felt like 
you know, especially for a product-led growth company, things that have evolved a bit more um, and something else was better suited for us here at Rocket Chat. Okay, very good. So, so the, all of that, now we're going to fast forward to all of the prep, to the selection. Now we're at the point of the rollout. Um, were there any key ingredients to successful rollout? Uh, maybe even in retrospect, either the things you did well or the things that you learned from that process? Yeah, um, I think so. Two things we did well, and one thing that um, we could improve, and I think that's super important and pretty universally applicable. So, two things that we did well. I think getting broad alignment across the the leadership of the organization. So, our um, structure is somewhat unique, where we have a general manager who's responsible, who's like the number two in the organization, has a sales background, um, and has a lot of influence in the sales organization. So having his buy-in and input is super important. We have a VP of sales who similarly has a long, even longer history with Rocket Chat and the company and has a ton of experience and um, a ton of perspectives on how he thinks sales should work. And then we also have um, other parts of the organization that are less kind of central to the actual implementation and execution of the sales methodology. But depend on it and our influencers. That's like pre-sales, professional services, customer success. And so making sure that that leadership team is bought in and aligned with the methodology, the rationale behind it is super important. And then number two, so like leadership alignment in in brief, that's super important. Um, Number two is the manner in which that you communicate it to the sales organization. So um, I've tried to apply my lessons learned from previous where, you know, you get a bunch of smart people in the room, they think they have the right decision and they just want to move as efficiently and effectively as possible and rolling something out. Yep. And that you, you might be right theoretically about what you want to do. But when you think about adherence, adoption and actual execution of that methodology, you depend on the people who are in the field, right? The sales team. And so it's super important to do the thing that I mentioned earlier, which is like a proof of concept, some sort of pilot where you involve the people who are actually gonna be responsible for delivering it in shaping, influencing, and testing out what the methodology is, but doing that in an authentic way where you take their feedback, you take their experience, and then improve and influence and change something about the process. Not necessarily everything, because if we listen to every bit of feedback from sales reps, we wouldn't have uh, necessarily like coherent and effective methodology but their input and perspective was super important in shaping the final um, version of our uh, methodology that we implemented. So those are the two things that are good. I don't know, Gideon, if you have a um, question or point on that before I get to the, what, what we could do better. <laughs> go ahead, go, go, go ahead with what we could do better. Yeah, the, the part that we could do better. So, <laughs> and overall, I think this is universally applicable, it's not just in like sales methodology, but broader, um, you know, revenue operations and any sort of like change management thing is the the time that you dedicate to training and enabling new people who come on board. So especially for a fast growth company like us, um, what we didn't do well enough is have a onboarding and enablement program that did the sort of like in-depth enablement training that we did for our cohort of sales reps who were already on board when we implemented in April and do it in a kind of cyclical fashion where you pull in the new people um, and give them the same sort of like context, background, explanation on why this is the methodology and why you're implementing it. 
And so what you can see now is we have a bit of stronger adherence with the people who were here in place when we launched it versus the new people who are coming on board to the company. So I think in terms of developing a training and enablement program aligned with what you're um, launching, it's super important to consider that like cyclical basis of how many new people you're going to be bringing in and, and how they fit into the overall program. I guess if you didn't have that uh, enablement for new hires, then probably you didn't measure the, uh, the KPIs of the new hires in terms of ramp time, efficiencies, learning times, like all of the KPIs that are on there. If you don't have someone that's responsible, then you're probably not even measuring the efficiency of the education process. I know you'll probably measure targets and, uh, and quota and, and whatever ramp quota because everybody does, but, but that's not the same thing, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And yeah, it's essentially like taking the concept of time to value and applying it to the you know new entrance to the sales force and making sure that you measure those things in some sort of like quantitative objective way. And it's not just, it's a sort of thing that we did more in hindsight where we would look back and then we would try to extract data to fit that in, but we didn't actually measure as they were onboarding, how productive they were, how much adherence they had to the program. So that's something that is definitely a lesson learned for, for the future. So now that you have your cohort and you have your new hires, you've implemented Spiced uh, as, a, as a methodology and you're several months beyond uh, all of that. Where do you stand now in the process now that things are more mature? What's the, what's the kind of present next step for, uh, for the evolution or maturity of that sales process? Yeah, so there's a few factors here for us. The, the maturity and evolution starts with the like coaching that we're starting to implement. And I'll, I'll be specific of what that means. Cause like obviously sales coaching is something important, but how does it fit in the context of the spice methodology and the sales methodology that we're implementing? And we're discovering now that we've, you know, like we, we actually just in the last few weeks got on board our sales managers for all of our different like verticals and markets. Um, and so we're taking the time with their contributions and leaderships to investigate how well, in fact, are sales reps doing things like discovery, right? Which mm -hmm. in the discovery phase of an opportunity is the sort of like pre-pipeline, top of funnel. You have to do the three essential things in SPICE. The first things really, really well. Understand what their situation is, understand what their pain is, and then map that to an impact that matters to them that will... Um, that they'll ascribe value to and that they'll be able to make a decision around that quickly, right? And what we're discovering here is, um, especially between our like sales development reps, our SDRs and the sort of like marketing functions, demand generation, and then the handoff to our account executives, mm -hmm. that discovery piece is something that we need to improve quite significantly. And I think the the maturity of it is now having a sales enablement team properly stood up having sales managers, that their core roles and responsibilities are to be able to identify those gaps or those areas of improvement mm -hmm. and building a sort of program behind it to, you know, listen to calls, to analyze data, to get feedback from the field on what's working, what's not working, and then make sure that you're being tactical enough um, in providing tips, advice, um, and direction to the sales reps to improve, in fact, how you do discovery in this case. So that's one thing that was super, super important. The second thing is thinking more broadly. So like we're implementing SPICE in a sales methodology, 
for own sake, right? It's, it's intended to drive revenue. It's intended to improve sales rep productivity. And so one of the things that we're doing with that is tying in a more formal, more structured, established cadence around sales forecasting that reinforce the need to be able to apply spiced effectively, right? So that's like our accountability mechanism where through the forecasting, we're both measuring, um, identifying progress and coaching the team on how to improve the way that they apply the spice methodology and strengthen their forecast. And then by doing that, in turn, produce, you know, better results when it comes to revenue. So I think having a really strong loop where whatever sales forecasting methodology and cadence you establish is really, really tightly connected to the way that you use and apply the sales methodology. And so I think we're at that point of maturity and evolution in, in the adoption curve and kind of the methodology overall. Was there a point number, number three related to that or uh, a solid two point? <laughs> I think I saw a two point. I, I consolidated the second one into two because I was going to talk about forecasting as a separate thing. But I really think it's just, you know, the revenue generation and the outputs and hard results that you have is a product of how you apply those two things. And has you been able to create a feed? No, not even a feedback loop, a communication loop back to the sales org uh, of the difference that they've made by adopting the SPICE methodology, et cetera. Has there been kind of that on, you know, passing the ownership back to them of this is the difference that you've made? I'd say we're at the point where there, that is starting to happen. So, um, for example, it, when we close the second quarter of the year, we're on a calendar year. So when uh, okay. June ended in July, we did our first formal quarterly win-loss analysis mm -hmm. using data and then trying to identify, okay, why did we lose in certain contexts? What are the like patterns, behaviors, and reasons behind it? Yep. And then through that is actually how we really honed in on the need to improve discovery because we were getting a lot of lost reasons for things that honestly I would say are a bit of BS, like no reply, the customer ghosted us, et cetera. And I was like, that's only happening if in fact you're not doing qualification and discovery well, because either it shouldn't be an opportunity, right? Because they're, they, you haven't identified a pain, you haven't mapped their impact, or we're not doing enough in qualification to be able to establish that solid foundation where they see value in it. So I, I think we're at the point where we're applying the lessons learned from, okay, now we have a formal sales methodology, we have a forecasting process, and now we're starting to take that learning and then the accountability and responsibility for driving improvements on it in terms of productivity, revenue results is really on the field, right? The, the sales reps, the managers, and yep. we're at the point where we're starting to do that. Um, I would be, you know, selling ourselves a little bit too much saying that we have in fact a really strong and effective, like iterative feedback cycle where we're like, okay, we know how to do that. I see a vision forward where if we continue to do this in the right way and we've established the cadences, um, to kind of reinforce that, that will be there, but we're probably like three to five months away from, from saying that we have a, a process like that in Great. place. Great. Well, I am a, I'm a huge advocate for strong discovery. I think it solves a lot of problems. Uh, so great point, I think, for us to, to finish on uh, here today. And because I asked you to share your learning as we went through the conversation, I don't think there's a need to kind of do it again now. But uh, Alan, it's been an absolute pleasure to learn with you and from you. Thank you on behalf of myself and all of the RevAmp team over here. 
uh, at DealHub. And uh, I look forward to reconnecting with you kind of another six to 12 months down the road and seeing how this, this journey plays out for yourself and your team over there at Rocket Chat. Wishing you guys tons of success. Thank you, Gideon. Yeah, it was a pleasure here. I appreciate the opportunity and similarly wishing you and the DLAMP team uh, a ton of success.